You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. We get to talk with creative types and and authors uh, for the Here I Write conference series. The conference was supposed to happen in July, uh, the brainchild of Katie Sherman. But because of global pandemic, uh, it couldn't happen. But that means that we get to have them on the coffee hour, which is pretty exciting for us. And today, we have oh, a familiar voice on the coffee hour. Donna Snow has authored over 35 Bible studies, including uh, books for CPH, Concordia Publishing House, and devotions for the LWML. And I think we talked about their, her travels the last time she was on. She likes to teach about scripture and travel internationally. So Donna, thank you so much for joining us again on the Coffee Hour. Well, thanks, Sarah and Andy for having me. It's always such a treat. And today we get to talk about your presentation that you were going to do uh, titled The Author as Speaker Engaging Your Audience. And I think this is about uh, something about introverts too. So this should be really exciting to talk about <laughs> about introverts for a little while. Um, so why is being able to present a topic for an audience a great skill for anyone to have? Well, my feeling is if you've been asked to speak, obviously you know the topic. And so we have to know how to do it well, especially if you're a writer and it's your own material, because I mean, who knows it better? And so there there has to be a, a way that we can learn to present our material to where it's engaging for people. Because I don't know about y'all, but I'd rather hear from the author of the material than a third party about it. And so I, if we write, I think it's a great skill to be able to also present it. But that could sometimes be terrifying for someone who's <laughs> much more comfortable sitting at a keyboard and writing and developing their characters, developing their 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 story and, and, and being able to sit down and do that behind the scenes and, and not necessarily interacting with people. That could be terrifying. Um, so how can this be helpful for... Um, and why is it important for introverts? Um, what What do you got for us for the introverts who are creative types? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, it helps us organize our thoughts about the topic because as introverts, you know, we're in our head a lot. And so our mind can go lots of different places. But when you're asked to present something, there has to be a structure to it, a clear beginning and a middle and an end and kind of overcoming that fear of speaking in public is to make sure that you take time to structure it well. And um, it also causes you to ponder why you believe what you believe about that topic. And especially if it's a faith topic, it drives you into scripture and into prayer. And so there, there's just so many benefits to all of it. And if you're an introvert, really what helps the most is getting comfortable with your material. Uh, once you have an outline or, or speech ready to roll, keep going over and over it until really you have it memorized so that all you need when you get up at a podium is some bullet points as a launching point so you can talk naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, is, that I find that helpful uh, to, to just know the content and to know the structure and to kind of know where you're going. <laughs> if your mind blanks out <laughs> for a little bit, uh, you, you have some, some landing point of, of where you're going. What What's kind of the first step for this of of knowing how to be comfortable in front of the audience or, or putting the audience at ease when you're in front of them? Well, you really have to know your audience. And that the onus is kind of on the speaker for that because you ask the organizer ahead, you know, who who is my audience? Because 
your material and the way you present it is going to be a lot different if you're talking to teenagers than if you're talking to senior citizens. You know, there are references that won't make sense to one group or the other. And so putting the audience at ease is really knowing them. You know, if I walk in expecting a room full of women and it's a room full of men, that changes the dynamic, you know, <laughs> and you really have to know your your audience. That's the number one thing. Uh, the second thing to put the audience at ease is just to admit the obvious. You know, if you're nervous, say it. You know, people get that. Public speaking is the number one fear. And people will get, you'll see a lot of nods in the room if you say, hey, I'm nervous, bear with me, but we'll get through this. And you'll have a lot of empathy and compassion with that. Well, sure. If you're nervous and trying to hide it, people can read that. And then that mm -hmm. makes the audience uncomfortable too. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You know, have you ever sat in a presentation and you're watching someone and you're like, you know that they're nervous and you just start feeling uncomfortable for them. Right. So, and you're more, you're more like cheering them on to be able to get through it instead right. of actually listening to what they're saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and humor um, is huge. Humor that's what is huge. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, humor. How is that useful? Um, how do you use humor? Well, it puts the audience at ease. And especially if it's a faith topic, if you use humor, it, it relaxes us and makes us, um, makes the audience more receptive to harder topics or a more hard hitting topic. But once again, the humor, you have to know your audience. Um, you know, I've been speaking all over the, the world and I can't use a humor in Alabama that I use in Saskatchewan, Canada. You know, <laughs> if you have a moose joke, it's not going to work in Alabama, you know. <laughs> so you really, once again, you have to know your, your audience and you have to ensure that it's relevant for that audience. Otherwise, you're just going to get a bunch of crickets, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, how how do you make it? Uh, how do you make it memorable for the audience? How do you uh, inspire them to to think more deeply about what you're talking about? Well, you definitely incorporate what you're talking about, and once again, it's kind of like admit the obvious. Like when I was speaking at the National LWML Convention in Mobile last summer. You know, all you had to really do is say something about purple people and everybody connected with that, you know. So once again, it comes back to really knowing your audience and being at ease with humor. Hmm. Purple people. And so you're, you spoke at Mobile. Will you be speaking in Lexington next year? I think they've got a different Bible study leader and stuff. I, I'm not sure, you know, what, what they've got going on for that. But I'm excited about Lexington in general because <laughs> I've never been there. So I'm excited. But you're going to be there. And oh, yeah. KF, team KFUO is going to be there. So we'll we'll get to hang out with Donna, which will be awesome. <laughs> Yay! Um, I wouldn't miss it. Whether I'm a speaker or not, LWML conventions are so wonderful. I would not miss it. What other encouragement do you have for aspiring writers? I mean, you've been writing for a while now and you have great content and um, all over the place, great books, Bible studies, resources, um, things that, that do make us laugh, things that make us think as well. What encouragement do you have for aspiring writers? I would say when I write, you know, the number one thing is to ensure that whatever you're offering adds value to them. You know, it can't be all about you. It's got to be something that teaches something new or teaches something different or offers a fresh perspective. Um, because I don't know about y'all, but when I walk into a bookstore, you know, the book that I pick up, if it's for me to learn something, I want to know that I'm going to learn something from it. 
And I think we owe that same respect to a live audience. If they've come to hear you speak, um, add value to their life, you know, add a, an expertise point that maybe they don't have. And um, yeah, it really is about them and not you when you get up on the podium. It really is. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of um, self-inflection or uh, or anything that, that a writer should do before presenting to, to know themselves better, to know what makes them uh, more comfortable in front of an audience or, or quirks or things to point out? Speaking of, of the obvious, um, you know, there's certain things about that I know about myself that I would probably point out to an audience before I start speaking to them. Um, is, are there any types? T- types of tips or, or those kinds of things, the, the, in, the introspection before you even um, start thinking about your, your presentation? Well, absolutely. Well, even after you've thought of it, I mean, when you step up to the podium, that should not be the first time that you've, that you've talked through it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it shouldn't be like the, the virgin run of your speech. That's something that you need to be comfortable with. Because once again, it's about adding value and respecting the platform that you've been given. And so if you're just kind of going off the cuff when you get on the podium, the audience is going to know that. And so, you know, we have to prepare properly. And the more you get comfortable with it, um, the better it will come. Because I know when I first started speaking, oh, my gosh, I was so, so, so nervous. And there's still that sense of that when I get up on the platform. But once you get up there, you know your material so well, the passion for that material comes out. And your nerves really go away because you're passionate about the topic. And you can't have that if it's an initial run when you step up to the plate, you know. So it's, there's got to be a lot of preparation to respect the platform that, that God has given you. For a moment when Sarah said self-inflection, I thought you said self-infliction. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's only when you volunteer. Volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> We have just a couple of minutes left. Donna, you you seem like a lifelong learner. Like you always are studying or learning something. Every time that we talk to you, um, you've you've gone somewhere or you're studying something new and you're you're learning something. How important is being a lifelong learner to uh, to being a, a, an author and a speaker? I think it's huge because if you're a lifelong learner, there's always you you feel like you're leaning forward into life. Like there's always something else new to learn, new to experience. And it lends so much richness to your writing and your speaking, Um, because if you're speaking about something that happened 10 years ago, there's there's not a, a freshness to it. If that's all you've got, you know, if you're leaning into life and expecting God to just blow your wig off every day, you'll see it, you know? Do you have uh, a favorite way to learn or a favorite uh, way to dig in? There's so many different ways of of learning and of, of reading and, and discovering new topics. It's really what whatever God um, sparks. You know, I'll be reading scripture and I'll be like, ooh, what is that? And what is that? You know, last night I was on a, a, a podcast and that we were talking about Lamentations 5 where um, the elders at the city gate had left. And so the youth had stopped singing. And I'm on a whole tangent about that now, especially in our current circumstance. What are the elders demonstrating that is affecting the youth? Is it is it affecting their perspective as far as, you know, their music, who we worship? Are we so afraid that it's affecting the next generation? And so I don't know. It's always just something that God brings to mind that, that has me learning something new every day. 
<laughs> Keeping your eyes open and uh, and letting those those things that you're learning kind of soak in and and uh, and make connections. It's always it's always fun to to just have things kind of um, be opened up to you. I guess. Where can we find your your writings, your Bible studies? Oh, you can go to artesianministries.org and the CPH, LWML, everything is there in one plot. And then you can click wherever you want to go. Fantastic. Donna, thank you so much for joining us on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks, Sarah and Andy. Y'all are awesome. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.